Greetings. This is Bashiri, and I'd like to welcome you to the Love, Peace, and Confrontation podcast. Of course, I greet you in love, peace, and confrontation. Black man, I love you. Black woman, I love you. Black babies, I love you. What will we tell our sons? Let's get out here and be the light. Let's recognize that we are indeed the solution. That we moreover house the capacity and the wherewithal and the potential to powerfully influence, mitigate, resolve, and radically transform many of the problems that are pervasive in our communities. Let's understand that we are uh, the answers to every prayer that we've ever articulated and that ultimately we are the gods that we seek. All religions be damned. If it does not serve you, you should not serve it. Black man, what up? Black woman, what up? Black babies, what's good? Back on it again. Politics of Religion, uh, episode 25, installation 8. So it's our eighth installation as we uh, continue the explorative uh, for, foray and uh, efforts into the politics of religion, as it were. Uh, again, uh, Love, Peace, Confrontation, episode 25, installation 8. The politics of religion. And uh, another week, here we are. Can't let it go. <laughs> uh, keep having a myriad of conversations uh, that appertain to the subject matter at hand. And it seems that um, expectedly so, uh, that this particular subject um, looms very largely in terms of uh, pecking order of priority for our group. And I just think it's very interesting, um, just to state at the outset, that we seem as a people, and of course, contextually speaking, we're talking within uh, the frame and the socio-historical, political, economic context of um, being uh, assigned or uh, uh, given the assignation of politically black in juxtaposition to politically white in the overall context of um, white supremacy hegemony, right? Uh, economic uh, differentials, power differentials, um, and the same. We're talking about Injustice, right? We're talking about um, inequitous institutions that um, serve to perpetuate the aforementioned differentials that exist between politically white and politically black people in order to maintain uh, the uh, to to maintain the imbalance, right? That underpins. Uh, our current uh, socio-economic, political, and um, even biogenetic um, realities, respectively, as politically white and politically black, if we want to be technical. This is the context, right? And so within that context, it's interesting that we seem as a group uh, to be uniquely suited or predilected towards matters that pertain to the maintenance of um, religious ideas, uh, religious preoccupation, religious fervor, religious allegiance and or dedication is something that looms largely um, at the core of who we are. And I'm in conversation with an uh, incredible author whose name unfortunately escapes me, but the title of his work is the African personality in America. And he kind of gets at a concept known as the African self-extension orientation. And the basic premise was at the core of who we are, at the rhythm of uh, what constitutes in a genetic way, um, in a biogenetic way, uh, what it means to be African, right? Right. 
and he, you know, he's con connecting melanin and all of these things uh, within that narrative and his basic premise. And it's at the core is this awareness of the synergistic interplay of everything, right? The deep connections, right? Um, the the musical way in which there is harmony, right? From um, from I guess from uh, the chain of being, so to speak, right? From uh, the 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 minutest uh, uh, atom or elemental cell to uh, the most grand expression of the cosmos and just everything kind of um, flowing, right? And informing one and the other. And so this awareness, this consciousness, this um, innate predilection towards spirituality, right? And spirituality is just nothing more than an awareness of the deep ways in which all of life is connected. He uh, maintains that that caliber of awareness is integral to uh, the internal workings and or constitutions of uh, people who are of African descent, right? And as such, we have this um, kind of this this quality that would make for um, the kinds of religious allegiances that we see being exhibited in our communities for better or worse. Now, I'm always talking about human behavior. I'm always talking about how we interact, how we engage, how we impact, how we inform one another, um, how we instigate uh, growth, how we instigate um, lack of growth in one another based upon uh, our engagement, how we entreat one another, right? How we uh, perceive one another, right? And so, unfortunately, in my estimation, of course, this um, devotion to blind faith or this devotion to um, the, the dictates of religion and having to be obedient and having to be subservient and having to uh, be subdued thereby on the basis on the basis of what I uh, call pseudo moralism, this false morality that looks at being good according to those who frame the terms and the conditions of what good is with respect to their own personal interest. And then they take that personal interest and they elevate it to ultimate interest. And you get into the ways in which um, there is this this transference or it's 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 transformed into it being um, this kind of omnibenevolent frame of reference that is free from uh, particular and specific biases, right? And trying to make this thing universal. <laughs> and so it hides um, its very uh, specific and particular self-interestedness if I, if I can use the phrase, um, it hides that self-interest um, behind being universal and for all when it can't be further from the truth in terms of, uh, of its intentionality in that regard. The intention to maintain itself over and against all others. What am I talking about? White, uh, uh, white supremacy as religion. That's what I'm talking about. As a religion unto itself. As a religion that ultimately informs all other human institutions uh, that we engage with within the current uh, social construct. Okay? 
in the Western Hemisphere, okay? There's no escaping it. I said in a, in a former episode that it is global as well. There's no escape from it. And you have ardent believers and adherence to um, white supremacy, the religion, to use the phrasing of uh, Neely Fuller. And so uh, in, in my dialogues over the week, you know, speaking with a lot of people, um, teasing out ideas with many people, it seems that we get hung up on <clears throat> petty squabbles, um, semantics, what we call um, the higher power. If you subscribe to there even there being a higher power or agency that is guiding uh, all of humanity and that is guiding all that uh, pertains to the prerogatives of human being and what it means to matriculate along the continuum of development and evolution whatever your um, whatever your convictions may be or wherever those convictions may lie <laughs> in our community man we um, I'm telling you we just get caught up and hung up on names and um, appellations and what we call uh, the uh, the quote unquote uh, higher entity or consciousness, you know, um, well, according to this text and that text, his uh, appropriate name is this, that, and the third, and uh, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is a he. You know what I mean? And all of these things, and that the divine uh, entity and or super consciousness must be male. And uh, we get into these debates, man, that are informed again by what? How we've been misinformed, how we've been miseducated, uh, how we've been indoctrinated, you know, how we have been shaped and how we have been um, um, really uh, biased. These things are informed by our own bias and, and how we would like the world to be. And what I'm finding is we don't like to contend with the world as is, you know, we, we, we deal in this wish space. We deal in this space that is um, idealistic and we deal in hope and, uh, you know, we deal in what things could potentially be. And I think that's very detrimental. I, I think it's deadly. Um, I think it's deathly detrimental. Like it's going to be lethal if we continue as a group along that trajectory. It's not going to work out well for us, folks. Okay. We have to be able to deal with the world as is and leave behind the petty squabbles over um, magical code names. You know what I mean? And it just it just seems really uh, asinine, you know what I'm saying, to to continue down. Um, and I love debates. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I love a good disagreement. You know how I feel about that. Those who listen, uh, I feel like there can uh, be some fruitful uh, developments that that are the. A consequence of creative conflict, but some of these, some of these discussions, and I'm being kind, <laughs> right? Some of these dialogues, um, it's an act of futility. It's useless. You know, we run in circles, and we are uh, strapped without ego. And we're saddled with our need to be right and our need to proselytize those persons who are lost because they don't share our particular opinion on whatever the subject may be. And it really is just uh, a contest of who's superior, you know, who's read this, who's read that. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that I'm against um investigating information and arming ourselves with knowledge. But 
it seems um, it seems that that effort almost gets sidestepped by the need for us to one up one another and the need for us to denigrate one another, the need for us to be at war and at each other's necks behind things that um, in the day to day are functionally useless. How trivial is it that we would think this uh, higher consciousness or divine being uh, would be so callous as to not intervene because we're calling he, she, or it by the wrong name. <laughs> I see these things. Like, oh, no, no. And the reason why, you know, black people are the, in the predict predicament that they are in is because, you know, well, uh, we're calling he, she, or it by the wrong name. Uh, uh, and we didn't read the right text. And uh, because in our ignorance, we've offended the 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 high one or whatever you want to call him, the most high and the holy this and that and the third. I mean, like, it's just, it's nonsense. Um, it's the height of idiocy uh, in my estimation. It's the height of um, uh, the most egotistical, um, <laughs> psychopathic <laughs> reality <laughs> that I can think of. In that you would not intervene in all of your omnibenevolence and omnipotence, you know what I'm saying, and omniscience, because we're calling you by the wrong name out of ignorance. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It, it, it's tantamount to um, me as a father withdraw, withdrawing paternal support from my sons in whatever capacity. Because they don't know my proper name. It's abusive. These two children, my young ones, you know, they, they're just learning to master communication in the English language. And how cruel of me would it be uh, for me not to feed them because they don't know how to say Bashiri. It's nonsense. It's idiocy. And this is an example of how we get distracted and how we get stuck in these useless debates. I look at religion and the politics therein functionally. What are the outcomes? I don't care about magical names. I don't care about Spells, so to speak, and having to be in the know of the most appropriate incantation to get the attention of an otherwise aloof <laughs> and detached divine entity. I don't care to waste my time and or energy in those matters. Because there are more pressing and relevant concerns to devote time, attention, and energy to with respect to the destiny of our group and how we're going to survive. That's all. <laughs> the, 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 the religious debates about who was born where and who was recorded as having had said is irrelevant. It's a waste of time. So when I see, you know, and ongoing, you know, personally, uh, people who are decidedly closed off from information, who are decidedly ignorant who say, I'm going to be stuck at this plateau of uh, knowledge, who don't understand that knowledge is provisional, who don't understand um, that beliefs 
are detrimental, that beliefs ultimately keep you stuck and stagnant and retard your capacity to mature along the continuum of human development, well, then I salute you and I agree with you and I say you're right. And there's no need for me to further engage in dialogue as it pertains to what you believe is already a settled matter. It's pointless. I'm never in the business of trying to proselytize anyone to my particular stance, point of view, and or opinion. However, where there are undeniable and irrefutable facts in tow, that's a whole nother conversation. When you blindly um, cut yourself off from the influx or being inundated by fresh information, I'm not even saying that you agree with it, but you won't even allow yourself to take it in to dissect it, to investigate it, to see what it is, to judge it for fear that you're going to be overcome by it. Ladies and gentlemen, I will inform you that you're already imprisoned by your own ideas and you're locked in the cell um, of your own opinion. You won't escape. Because you don't think there's anything to escape from. You believe that you are free in your ignorance. And you do not want to be liberated by something like facts. <laughs> and so there's nothing to discuss in that regard. And we get, we, we get so adamant. And there's so much vitriol. I'm, I'm having a conversation with a gentleman this week. And of course, we're on opposing sides of this conversation, you know, religion and faith and all of the above. And, you know, I'm, I'm sharing my perspective. I've listened to him. And then I noticed, though, his tenor and his tone that that he's triggered, that he's he's very agitated. And so I just say to him, bro, you know, this isn't personal for me. You know what I mean? I, I, I barely know you. You know what I mean? So there's that. And then two, um, I have concerns about your emotional integrity right now. Just as a human, from a human to a human. Hey, hey brother, are you okay? Because you seem to be uh, inordinately uh, like bothered. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just an inordinate amount of aggravation that I'm sensing as we. So let me check in with you. Uh, debate and discussion aside, how you doing, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> and because he's in this attack mode, like uh, he squared off with me, like I'm his mortal enemy because I have a difference of opinion or I might see. Um, the conversation from a different vantage point and a perspective. He even took my concern as egregious. You know what I mean? Like, like as if I was being sarcastic when nothing could be further from the truth. I was concerned that he was allowing, um, he was allowing himself to become emotionally compromised by these ideas by the idea that someone is out in the world who doesn't see the conversation at hand the same way that he does. And that's a problem because what we learn by being socialized under the auspices of um, oppression, according to the dictates of the religion called white supremacy, excuse me, um, we learn to demonize difference. You know what I'm saying? And that's the an issue. And then we do it in our ranks. Now, we don't necessarily 
have to agree on everything to accomplish what needs to be accomplished for our people, right? We 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 don't have to agree on uh, necessarily um, the cosmological circumstances of being. Mm-mm. We can have inter- interesting uh, philosophical debates and dialogues and disagreements, and that'd be great, sure. But it doesn't have to be divisive. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't mean I have to draw a line in the sand, um, and we mutually become. Um, uh, demonized we don't have to do that there doesn't have to be this uh, to the death division okay because all that does is play into um, the overall maintenance of the cage that we all occupy together you understand in this system as politically black people. And that's what I'm speaking to. Like we, we, we become so enmeshed with misinformation and the articulation uh, or erudition of error. Because it sounds good, we think it can't be inaccurate. I I uh I ran into a video and uh, you know I posted about it and there was this gentleman and he was giving his whole to do about God and he sounded really good but his basic premise was illogical and it compromised everything he said but because the scaffolding of his articulation, right? And I guess the the the, the aesthetics, the uh, linguistic aesthetics of his argumentation was so beautifully articulated that most people were taken aback and taken in. Um by the same and they didn't even notice the claims although beautifully articulated um, were founded on nothing and that ultimately his argumentation would implode under the weight of uh, of its own um inconsistency beautiful as it was wrong <laughs> absolutely it was absolutely wrong you know what i'm saying he tried to get real technical about um god sitting outside of space and time and matter and not being confined to space and time and matter but those basic premises leaves God irrelevant, ultimately so, because those of us whose um, being are derivative from um, the ontological triad of space, time, and matter uh, could in no way logically uh, have a quote-unquote relationship because that's what many religious people want to say now oh it's not a religion it's a relationship uh, there's no way you can have a relationship with someone or some entity uh, that is not shaped and or impacted by space time and matter you know what i'm saying uh we don't even have a word for what that entity would be right we couldn't even call that entity alien, so to speak, uh, because um, 
the frame of reference that we would juxtapose such a designation to um, is, is, is irrelevant to whatever that entity would be. You know what I mean? You just can't even talk about whatever that is. And so while he was trying to be lofty in his uh, articulation, and, you know, people were seduced by his lofty attempt, there are those of us who are saying, oh, man, this is a lofty nothing. A bunch of words um, that sound impressive, uh, that are employed to be persuasive, but ultimately are useless and and nil and nothing and bereft of anything that would be functionally relevant. But if we're too impressed by words, and a lot of us are in our community, and if we just take it face value because this white uh, preacher is, is, is saying what we would like to be true, and you know, on a subconscious level, if it's white, it's right. Oh, come on now, we've been socialized in this system. So a lot of us are looking for white validation anyway. And so when a white man says something that we believe to be true and he tries to break it down, you know, with sophistication and, you know, he's supposed to be this this demure, you know what I mean? And, and really, um, you know, just the uh, epitome of what it is um, to have it together. That becomes very seductive. It, be it becomes a very powerful mode or apparatus for the purposes of ongoing hypnosis. And that's what I think is, is really uh, the most insidious happening within um, the realm of religion. Is this ongoing hypnosis and we keep signing up for the next dose of hypnosis because we are comfortable We've become acclimated to the cell. Our cells on a biological level have been acclimated to the cell. We respond at the cellular level to the cell. Play on words, I know. Forgive me, I'm a word geek, you know? And it's like, it never dawns on us to question, you know? Because a question would frustrate what we've accepted as true and beyond and above reproach. And there's no way that it could be false or there's no way that there could be a sinister motivation for something that makes me feel so free, something that makes me feel so good, something that makes me feel so powerful. But I've drawn in previous episodes and I'll bring to bear again in this particular um, iteration, uh, that there are drugs that have the same impact and that have the same effect. Well, you feel so free and you feel so happy and you feel um, so inspired, but your body is breaking down cell by cell by cell, and your brain cells are being obliterated, right? And while you're feeling empowered and confident and arrogant in your abilities, your reaction time has been impacted. You know what I'm saying? Your ability to judge appropriately has been impaired. You know, you feel magical, you feel capable, but you're not. You've been incapacitated, okay? And it's not magic that's happening. It's manipulation that's occurring. And you're going to be manipulated right into your own death or the maintenance or the administration of a slow death. And that's what a lot of us are dying. We're dying a slow death, you know what I mean? And we're maintaining our high 
but in the main, the maintaining of our high, <clears throat> we aid and abet and we facilitate our own demise. And that's what it comes down to. The politics of religion. Human engagement. Everything has a commercial prerogative and or interest. You know what I'm saying? Um, all things are transactional. You know what I mean? Quid pro quo, right? The religious institution is no different. None of it is really personal. All of it is actually business. <laughs> it is. Um, and, if, and if you're talking about uh, the continuum of human development and our evolution, well, then you're talking about the business of personhood. You, you understand what I mean? And developing or becoming the best version or the best person that we each can become potentially. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in those respective spaces where we reside. And that's all it is. The politics of religion. You're talking about the manipulation of behavior. You're, you're, you're speaking of there being uh, some sort of treatise, right? Some sort of code of conduct, right? But it's not um, morality for morality's sake. It's not goodness for goodness' sake. It's morality for the sake of the, ma the maintenance of uh, the status quo. That's all. That's all it is. You know? And like I said, we become dogmatic in our defense of the very thing that leaves us <sighs> without that leaves us robbed, that leaves us at each other's throats, that puts us in desperate spaces. And as such, we exhibit desperate engagement and behavior with one another. And we feed on ourselves as we adhere and as we comply with treatises, and codes of conduct that have been designed to maintain us in our subjugation. And we worship our chains. That's what's so insidious about religious belief is that we sanctify the madness, right? We make a messiah out of the madness, yo. And like... so backwards there's something just it's so egregious about that you know I, I literally get um sick to the stomach thinking of the reality of of that situation of where we find ourselves very carefully phrasing my words here trying to maintain the integrity of uh <laughs> uh, linguistic content and caliber of communication uh, by my um, commitment to refraining from um, profane terms at this juncture. But I will say this. In the event that those terms do come to the fore, there's nothing more egregious than the reality that those terms are ultimately describing. Because it's not the terms that are profane. It's the situation that's profane. You know? It's the condition that's profane. You know what it is. You know where we are. Hopefully you're familiarized with the statistical data. Uh, that appertains to uh, much of what transpires in our communities as politically black f people. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
It's nasty. Um, and it's intentional. And it's calculated. You know what I mean? I, listen. Um, it's politicked. Planned. You know what I mean? <laughs> Premeditated. You get the alliteration? You know what I'm saying? It's not accidental. At all. At all. And so when we find ourselves um, having to contend with certain matters that are specific to our group, as a result, you know, of, of our socio-historical, um, political, and economic circumstances, as a victimized, pathologized, and beleaguered group, you know what I'm saying, laden with all manner of psychoses and maladaptive developments. <clears throat> you got a question. Where is this God? Where is his kindness? Where is his support? Where is his uh, benevolent concern? Hmm? Right? Where is he? Hmm? And um, you got members in our community who want to shoot this idea, this fallacy, this fiction, some bell. Oh, it's not time yet. He's waiting for what? Huh? Since when? What's the rationale for uh, omnipotence to wait for anything? Hmm? <clears throat> huh? Um, I was told he sits outside of time. He's not impacted by time, right? Allegedly. So wait for who? And for what purpose? That can be greater than your own interest. So with that said, either he wants... the malicious maladies that maraud and uh, have uh, developed and metastasized in the body of all people. He wants that to persist or he, she, it, they or them. <laughs> are in fact powerless in the face of these happenings. So you don't really win. It's a it's a lose-lose for wanting to hold on to this fiction and this fallacy and this fraud uh, you call God by whatever name you want to call he, she, it, them, they, or them. <laughs> them, they, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's nonsense. <clears throat> You know, and I had to double up on them because it's like, <laughs> it's like seven billion people on the planet and it might be close to the same amount of gods that exist with respect to uh, potential imagination, right? According with global population data numbers, you know? It's crazy. It makes no sense to try to double down on your ignorance by saying, oh, uh, we're, we're using the wrong name. We read out of the wrong book. Huh? Isn't that how uh, a lot of these religious squabbles occur? Oh, this group is reading out of the wrong book. Oh, wow. They're, they're apostates or infidels or without God or demonic. Well, then we have to purge the land of this group of people. Huh. How convenient. Hmm. I kill you 
and gain real estate. Huh. Gotta love the business of religion. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, 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 no. We don't we don't we don't the land's not for sale and you know we don't really have to use money, you know. What we have to do is is use might. Um not be squeamish at the sight of blood and kill everything moving. And uh we amass territory. That sounds really human to me. That doesn't sound like God at all. That sounds like human interest. I want to confiscate something from another human. How can I rationalize it? How can I get people to move in support of a bloody deed? Well, I have to make it so that their blood spilled matters nothing at all. How do I do that? Well, I I demonize them. I put a label on them. I categorize them as reprobate, as infidels, as beyond the reach of the love of God as vessels that have been formed and destined for slaughter and massacre and eternal damnation. And God is going to use my righteous hand to send them on their journey to get the party started. That's how we do it as humans. We defer to these holy books. We defer to divine inspiration. God told me, you know, I've been led by the Spirit to enact the, uh, with zeal, the holy judgment and righteous wrath and anger upon all who would offend the name of God. Politics of religion, folks, has nothing to do with morality, nothing to do with honor, with equity, with goodness. It has all to do with thievery, confiscation by force, murder, rape, huh? Genocide. There is no kindness at the core of what it is. Foundationally, you know, we get impressed because of the aesthetics. I've heard beautiful arguments in favor of and for. Man, it sounds beautiful. Mm. Such erudition, such articulation. My, my, my. But functionally, the consequences of the aforementioned erudition Linguistic articulation and our prowess are dead bodies. Men, women, children. Okay? Hmm. Pay attention to the words in red. You know, the words Jesus is allegedly as have been recorded to have said. Those are blood words. All of the scriptures are blood words. Huh? Does that rub you the wrong way, listener? Is that inflammatory to you? You know, is that blasphemous to you? Hmm? What I just said? Should my tongue be cut out? Should I be decapitated? Hmm? Should I be dispatched into the afterlife? Assigned to perpetual torment, hmm? torture. That's what you believe in. No, you people are too good to believe in that. <laughs> You're too good to believe in that. You know, 
You know, it's not just about parsing out the problem. It's always about shining a light on those persons in your community who are doing an incredible work. Here locally, Hampton Roads, Hampton Roads is regional black chamber of commerce, black brand. Blackbrand.biz. If you're industrious, endeavor to be industrious, entrepreneurial, endeavor to be entrepreneurial, you need to link yourself with a network and a nexus of powerful, like-minded individuals who have your overall economic well-being, both in head and in heart. Black brand. Blackbrand.biz, a 150-year economic plan in the making exclusively for politically black people. And this concludes the 25th episode of the Love, Peace, and Confrontation podcast, eighth installation of the politics of religion. Uh, Black men, I love you. Black women, I love you. Black babies, I love you. What will we tell our sons? Let's get out here and be the light. Understand that we are the solution. That we house the capacity and the power, the capability and the potential to mitigate and resolve many of the issues that are pervasive in our community. That ultimately we are the answer to every prayer that we've ever prayed and or articulated. And that we are the gods that we seek. All religions be damned. If it does not serve you, you should not serve it. I love you all. Black people, please uh, keep your head on a swivel. Love each other. Disagree. um, But don't denigrate. And uh, until next time... uh, Be safe. Peace.